0: Um. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer.
1: Good morning, Dan and Amy. And uh, again, the question is, what should Trump do if Anything he proposes is going to be dismissed out of hand by Nancy Pelosi, employing the same strategy she did against George W. Bush in his second term when he wanted to move towards reforming Social Security and the Ponzi scheme that is Social Security. Uh, And she didn't take the bait to offer a constructive alternative to what President Bush was proposing, didn't take the bait to engage in the conversation at all, just dismissed it out of hand we're not going to participate and ultimately she was politically victorious i guess you would say at least for for a period of time and uh this seems to me like that is informing what she's doing at present which is the same strategy so what is a president trump to do he's got uh, the possibility of exercising his emergency powers and litigating that as necessary Uh, One other suggestion that was made by uh, Thomas Lifson, who's the editor and publisher of The American Thinker, AmericanThinker.com, good outlet, a lot of interesting opinions, Uh, is, uh, you know, he has um, personnel power. And if we all agree, as most of us do, that the federal government is too big, too expensive— too many people working for it, oh, and by the way, making significantly more, particularly when you layer in benefits, than their private sector counterparts. Well, isn't this perhaps an opportune time to do a little bit of paring down of the size and scope and expense of the federal government, much the way President Trump has done in his first two years with respect to the regulatory state? So get rid of some non-essential workers. Well, I mean, you know, it's sort of... Um, The the term non essential sort of screams, (laughs) screams uh, dismissal. But, um, you know, the government and people's view of the government for some reason is different than than. um, You know, the common sense they apply to their everyday life. Nobody wants to see someone laid off, but you don't stop patronizing or you don't term somebody, a company evil if they lay off employees. I don't hear anybody. Uh, wanting to burn Elon Musk in effigy, at least not for Tesla reducing their workforce by 7%. There may be other reasons, but not for the layoffs. I mean, it's part of running a tight operation, right? Mm -hmm. And if you concede the point that the federal government is anything but a tight operation, well, with people's focus on it right now, to some extent, why not uh, have this teachable moment and advance the flag for smaller government? For more on this topic, we're pleased to be joined by the aforesaid Thomas Lifson from American Thinker. Thomas, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Good morning. Good morning. So uh, you penned a piece uh, why you're not attending any pity parties for furloughed federal workers. (laughs) Uh, uh, It seems like you want to go a little bit further than that in terms of uh, not attending those pity parties or uh, doing uh, fundraisers or providing uh, macaroni and cheese from your cupboard to uh, the furloughed federal workers you're you're suggesting that Trump consider his power to riff some of these non-essentials
0: that's correct uh... uh... stands for reduction in force and that's federal government jargon for what's in private industry called a layoff and it actually is possible to do those uh... if people have been furloughed for thirty days and the government shutdown hits day thirty today although because it's a national holiday Not sure anything can be done today, but possibly tomorrow if President Trump wishes to play this card. And I must state that I think he probably won't play it tomorrow, but it is a wonderful bargaining chip to hold over uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer's heads, as well as the heads of uh, Democrats in the House who have a lot of federal workers in their constituencies, which many of them do because... Democrats tend to come from big cities, and big cities te- tend to be where federal offices are located. Uh, so, those are the most vulnerable to pressure from federal employees facing layoffs. And it can be done if the federal government publishes or uh, puts forward a, an official downsizing plan for various federal agencies uh, that have surplus workers and of course the definition of surplus depends on the administration that's running the RIF and so this all becomes possible today now there's a there's a little bit of a wrinkle in here because the Office of Management and Budget has uh, defined two kinds of furloughs um, what they call uh, administrative furloughs which are as a result of downsizing plans uh, and um shutdown furloughs, which they say don't count toward the 30-day clock. Now, this is uh, possibly subject to litigation, but even if it uh, is litigated, President Trump or his deputies, I'm thinking Stephen Miller, uh, who's a, a brilliant thinker outside the box and not afraid of uh, radical change, uh, somebody could publish uh, a, a plan to downsize the EPA or any of the other agencies where many of the workers uh, spend their time at, at at work doing things other than accomplishing the business of the people. Yeah, well, like national parks.
1: No, I know. I mean, EPA c- could be one that could be downsized. But what other, uh, what other place? Like, what other groups like national parks or IRS? What do you think?
0: Well, IRS is probably one that will be the last to uh, to, to downsize, but um, I don't have data for the current shutdown, but the last shutdown that we had, uh, we saw that Housing and Urban Development had uh, 95% of its employees non-essential, Department of Education a little bit less than that. EPA is actually in fourth place uh, with, I'm sorry, the graphic here is not very good, but in the in the 80s, we have commerce, uh, labor, well, and, treasury, and, it, and even it, has a lot of surplus employees, or non-essential, yeah. excuse me, and non-essential it, employees.
1: And importantly, you have uh, candidates who run for president, elected president on the Republican side, who routinely call for agencies, going back to Reagan, like the Department of Education, like the uh, Commerce, to be eliminated altogether, like HUD, to be eliminated altogether. So it seems to me that uh, this would uh, fly in formation with what Republicans have say, been saying for generations. Maybe they weren't serious about it before. Maybe Trump could be serious about it now.
0: Right uh, now, abolishing an agency requires legislation. Understand? The Democrats can Understand. Lock that in the House. But the the beauty of RIF is that it's entirely an administrative decision, and can be accomplished uh, by administrative action uh, in the in the Trump administration. So it's it's unilateral. Now my my view is that this is kind of the thermonuclear option for Trump, uh, and it's probably not the card he wants to play first or next um, in this ongoing drama. Because uh, I I think uh, the Democrats are already feeling the pain. They Nancy uh, Pelosi and Chuck Schumer behave as if they're in the catbird seat and refuse to negotiate. But I honestly think it looks really bad for them when Trump goes on TV, offers them stuff that they've already voted for, and they say we're not talking, not one dollar. I think it turns the tide.
1: Uh, I wanted to uh, get your reaction to this uh, Pew survey that came out about Generation Z. That's the one that uh, comes after X or comes after millennials, right? Yeah, Generation mm-hmm. X, there's millennials, then Generation Z. Generation Z, we had high hope for. Because uh, they had seen uh, uh, the uh, outcomes of the Great Recession of 2008, maybe a little bit more skeptical of government's ability to problem solve, uh, maybe a little bit more pro-life than their uh, millennial forerunners. But uh, Pew finds six in 10 believe uh, that uh, forms of a person's gender should include more options than man and woman. Fifty seven percent say they're comfortable referring to someone by gender neutral pronouns. Six in ten approve of the NFL national anthem protests. Mm Fifty four percent say climate change is linked to human activity and seven in ten. Seven in ten say the government should do more to solve problems, including more than half of Gen Gen Z Republicans uh, think that. Uh, So um, Generation Z looks like uh, that not that may not be the cavalry for conservatives.
0: Uh, undoubtedly so, uh for two reasons. Number one is of course the uh we've we've lost the education system two generations ago really to the left and and they've been brainwashing uh the, the kids uh in, in schools. And and number two, uh frankly, and I, I, I say this as somebody who's reached seventy one years of age, uh, when you're young there's a hell of a lot you don't understand is or that don't right? know or can't fathom. <laughs> is <that> right. Uh <laughs> And, and so kids are always suckers for idealistic appeals. Um, this, this is just a, a, a constant in, in human nature that uh, people who've never lived through the consequences of, uh, well, especially unintended consequences of uh, well-meaning reforms, you know, like rent control or raising the minimum wage or any of these things that sound good in theory, but which run into human nature in practice, you know, kids just don't have uh, the, the grounding and experience to understand this. Uh, this is why, why throughout human history, most societies have honored the elders, because they see the trouble ahead that uh, is invisible to younger and less experienced minds. Uh, so, you know, I, th- I think we ought to raise the voting age to 35, but that's, that's
1: a radical view. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, we have now generations of elders who are, never grew up either, and so it becomes reinforcing. Uh, <laughs> well, that's reinforcing. a separate <laughs> issue. Yes, exactly.
0: It's <laughs> not a life cycle issue.
1: Thomas Livson, editor and publisher of American Thinker, AmericanThinker.com. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Say hi to my uh, friend Robert Baer, too, will you?
0: I will. Uh, it's a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks very much.
1: And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line.
0: The more you listen, the more you listen, the more you'll know. This is Chicago's Morning Answer, Morning answer. on AM560, The Answer.